is Free Talk Live, and you can dial toll-free to join us right here on the radio waves, our number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring up anything. That's the point of the show. We've got Skype as well, where you may Skype into us at Skype username lrn.fm. You do need to send a contact request on Skype first. That's okay. Only takes a moment. As soon as we spot it, we'll approve it, and you'll be good to go from that point forward. With you tonight, it's Ian and Mark. Coming up, Mark, you want to talk about rape culture. Yes, I do. Uh, you've been wanting to talk about this for a while now. Yes, I have. And uh, we just haven't gotten around to it yet, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll get into that here. But there's also some pretty big news um, about the CIA and their fight with WikiLeaks. Now, I actually had this headline uh, a few days ago, and it was just more of a general story about how the CIA boss man, uh, his name is apparently Mike Pompeo or Michael Pompeo, he has been throwing out some barbs against uh, WikiLeaks. The story from thehill.com. Uh, you know what? Um, uh, so <laughs> before you go on, um, uh, we're told in marketing uh, that if you've got a problem with another organization, never punch down, right? Mm-hmm. You always punch up. Now, what that means is that you go after the people that are bigger than you, not smaller than you. That right. it looks petty. And pathetic to punch down. Well, maybe they're punching up here. Maybe uh, WikiLeaks is bigger than the CIA. Well, um, it's ridiculous, but okay. I mean, they don't have a bigger budget, but they certainly do more for uh, humanity. Um, Maybe CIA could send out assassins and kill everybody in WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks would never do that. Yeah. No, there's no way to claim, like, logically, that WikiLeaks is bigger than the CIA, except that maybe more people like them. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's not They're it, They're more man. useful. Yeah. People, They're helping people. People liking you is really of no value. That's uh, so ba- when you say that's big, the you Facebook mean, generation bullcrap. When you say big, you mean they can kill you? Well, isn't that what big, big means? Big well, means they can change you your life. Okay. Um, WikiLeaks it, changed people's lives. It changed the CIA's lives, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying, the CIA looks stupid. Yeah, absolutely. They look pathetic. Let me give you a quote. Uh, quote, it's time to call out WikiLeaks. This is uh, Mike Pompeo, CIA director. For what it really is, a non-state hostile intelligence service, often abetted by state actors like Russia, said Pompeo. He continued saying, Assange is a narcissist. I wonder if the CIA has ever or any uh, U.S. intelligence agency has ever used WikiLeaks to, uh, you know, leak documents on some other foreign government. Assange is a narcissist who has created nothing of value, said the former Republican congressman. I find it of value. He may very well be a narcissist. I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not a professional psychologist, but then again, neither is this guy. Uh, he says he, quote, relies on the dirty work of others to make himself famous. He is a fraud. A coward hiding behind a screen. A coward hiding behind a screen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure since we know his name, he's not a coward hiding behind a screen. Right, and he's not hiding I've, either. I've heard of Julian Assange a lot more than I've heard of Mike Pompeo. Right. Not to say that he's hiding either. Just, you know, it's kind of ridiculous to say he's hiding behind a screen. I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, if Assange, Assange isn't hiding in any way, shape, or form, everyone in the world who's been paying attention to international news headlines knows exactly where Julian Assange is. He is the least hidden man, probably one of the least hidden men uh, in the world today. He's currently and has been for, what, five years now? 
Yeah. Four or five years, something like that. It's been a long time. He's been holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. That's where Julian Assange is. He frequently will step out on the uh, the balcony and address people. And, you know, he's it's got nothing better to do. It's pretty Can't clear leave. where it is that uh, that he's staying. Anyway, he's not hiding. WikiLeaks was quick to respond, sending out a series of messages on Twitter claiming that Pompeo vowed to silence the organization over its purported disclosures of CIA hacking tools and using his remarks to promote an op-ed written by Assange in the Washington Post. But Glenn Greenwald says that uh, apparently Pompeo has explicitly now threatened speech and press freedoms in a piece over at The Intercept. Com. Now, for those that don't recall, Glenn Greenwald's the guy who broke the Edward Snowden story wide. Yeah. Um. So he called WikiLeaks a non-state foreign intelligence service. Uh, let me get the actual quote here. It is a, he said, non-state hostile, hostile. intelligence service. So what ma- what is the difference between, because what WikiLeaks would claim to be is the press, a mm-hmm. press agency. What is the difference between the press and a, a non-state <laughs> hostile intelligence agency? I don't know. I mean, I, if we're going to use yeah. terminology like this, because uh, language is important, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the reason that the government uses it the way that it does. Um, because I haven't been able to distinguish between WikiLeaks and a, a, a press agency. Now, They're certainly just a some, more press brave. A, some press agencies choose not to reveal some things. Right. WikiLeaks doesn't have that filter. They do choose what and when to to share, but they have a sort of a different filter on what they what they're going to share and how. I'm not sure yeah. that that makes them anything really. Well, it's clear that um, you know they're special. Compared to a lot of the rest of the press, because much of the press is, let's just say, obedient to the government. They're apparently you'll get called a, a, a hostile intelligence agency if you're not. So, I mean, there are some people out there in the media, and especially the media that's not like based in a specific location. So, like RT is based from originally from Russia, and so they're really good at calling out the U.S. government. Uh, but people who are in a specific town aren't so good at calling out the town governments. Uh, state media isn't so good sure, at calling out state media. they're afraid of getting pulled over by the cops or whatever. Yeah, when or whatever. Doing- uh, or having their license pulled or targeted by code enforcement or not getting the sheriff to come back and do an interview. There's all these pressures that governments at different levels can put on media both you know mega corporate and independent that to they silence put on media yes, yes to, to silence dissent to silence questions to stop those questions from even coming out in the first place and so that's why wikileaks is different first of all they're not based anywhere in particular so you know they don't have those roots in the ground that they have to worry about being cut by some government agent uh they are a little more anonymous but they also have really you know shocking works uh interesting information that they're putting out there and they're not worried about their reputation this is their reputation right this is what they do and they do it very very well and that's why the cia is taking the time to even address them as you said it's a mistake on their part but clearly somebody's butt hurt about wikileaks that's what is happening yeah that's what it seems pretty obvious that uh somebody's angry well, they said something we don't like. Well, in this case, the CIA is mad because their uh, you know programs have been revealed. Their hacking tools have been put out there 
for the world. All of the details have come out about those, and there's still more to come, apparently. Remember WikiLeaks, when they released uh, this Vault 7, I believe is what they called it? Mm-hmm. They, they said it was 1% of all the information they had. So we probably have a bunch more releases still to come here in uh, you know 2017 and maybe beyond that about this Vault 7. And so what other revelations are coming about the CIA that we don't have any idea right now? very interesting and uh, we'll continue to bring it to you here but in other related or in related news here the intercept has a story that in february after donald trump tweeted that the u.s media were the quote enemy of the people unquote the targets of his insult exploded with indignation yeah devoting wall-to-wall media coverage to what they depicted they seem really grumpy about it um and i think that they're trying to look at themselves the media in many cases, um, different media organizations are attempting to look at themselves and see where they fall short and that sort of thing. But they don't like the critique. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty clear that they're going after Trump. Now, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, good. Um, and I I want him gone after. But I I think that it's transparent to some extent. Well, if it takes some saber-rattling on the part of the government to get some of the domestic media to toughen up a bit, I think that's a good thing, ultimately. If indeed they are assessing their own uh, relevance, they're assessing, assessing their own courage, uh, it's a good t- a good time to do it, is uh, sooner rather than later. But let's get into what Greenwald has to say, because I suspect he's not going to be so nice to the media here uh, either, in addition not to, to, the, to the CIA. Uh, the toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. You can join us, and you can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, we got Rape Culture, we got Alex Jones, not necessarily together. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free and bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE. With you in studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. We do have Skype. And the Skype username is LRN.FM. Coming up, the CIA director, Mike Pompeo, threatening uh, freedom of speech and press freedoms. We'll get into that story from Glenn Greenwald at The Intercept. Uh, Coming up here, your uh, calls and thoughts are welcome. Also... Mark, tell me about my pillow. Well, it's a uh, frankly, I'm not sleeping without my pillow unless I absolutely have to. It is a really great product. Not only does it hold your head and neck in the right position to help avoid, you know, headaches, um, neck pain, and being tired during the day, but also you can wash it. So you might have a pillow that holds you in the right position, but it's probably disgusting. And that is why I switched to uh, MyPillow. Just go to MyPillow.com, use code FTL to get your MyPillow at half price or a second pillow free of charge. And remember, if you don't like it, in the first 60 days, you get your money back. And the pillow itself is guaranteed to last 10 years. It's MyPillow.com, coupon code FTL. Let's go to Liberty Lover in Ohio on Skype. Go ahead, Liberty Lover. Hello. Oh, sorry about that. Hey. My microphone was muted. Sorry. I noticed a poll had come out a few days ago. Uh, I just read a news article on it, and it was kind of surprising to me. Apparently, uh, Bernie Sanders is the most popular politician in America with a 75% approval rating. Now, Gross. you and I – I know. You and I see him as a kook, but I want to know, why do you think people like him so much? Why do you think the average person really, really likes Bernie Who Sanders? Who doesn't want free stuff? 
Uh, they see dedication. They see integrity. Um, you know that Bernie Sanders doesn't compromise his position from their standpoint, right? Um, I I believe you can show that on a regular basis that he does. Uh, but I mean, you know, they essentially he's their Ron Paul. Um, you know, he's a guy who's been around for a long time. He's paid his dues. He's he's hasn't buckled under the pressure like they, you know, from the from their point of view. I mean, I can show that, say the uh, the F thirty five program. Sanders was all for spending a trillion dollars on some you know big waste war machine uh, that uh, that they, they. It's just a big waste of money. Yeah, it's not find. A, it's not hard to find hypocrisy, right? Especially uh, for him, I mean, you know, the, those people people had things to say about Ron Paul too. But I, I say basically, he's just their Ron Paul. I, I noticed that as well. Four years ago, well, five years now, it seemed like all of the younger individuals supported Ron Paul. But then fast forward four years later, and all of a sudden, it seems like all of the younger people changed positions and supported Bernie Sanders. Does it that seem like, like that, or do you actually do you know? Young, hold on, do people? you actually know young people who supported Ron Paul, who then went ahead and supported Bernie Sanders? Or are you just speaking from a wide perspective of look at all these percentages of young people? I'm speaking. Yes, that is how I'm seeing it because I'm looking at okay. yes. Yeah, and, so I mean that's you can't say somebody's changed, right? Because if they've, you know, hopefully if they were into Ron Paul, they learned a thing or two about freedom and they wouldn't embrace uh, Bernie Sanders, but I'm but sure there are some people. All who the did. Ron Paul voters are just refusing to vote now because they've uh, been tricked by uh, communist uh, propaganda that voting is somehow immoral. Um, I'm talking about stuff that came from as far back as the Quakers in the mid-1800s and they refuse to debate these subjects they can't stand on logic when they do it but they're like oh yeah freedom and stuff we'll get it by talking on facebook yeah i think i know one of the reasons for that there's this very common uh misunderstanding that your vote doesn't count well that that is a very common it doesn't matter (laughs) it might count but it doesn't matter uh it really depends on where you live, I suppose. I, I guess somebody that embraces our beliefs would have a hard time breaking through in, like, California, for example. But I, I'm not necessarily sure about other states like New Hampshire, which seems to have a very large libertarian movement, whether anybody could ever break through there. Generally, the people that refuse to vote also refuse to do much else. Um, you know, <laughs> And so moving to New Hampshire is completely off the uh, table for them, and it'll – you know, and I can understand being dejected about voting if you don't live in New Hampshire. I get it. Yeah, oh yeah. It's but waste of time, most the claim that it is immoral is completely different than the claim that it doesn't matter and it doesn't count. Right. Voting is a mathematically insignificant act, whether you live in um, New Hampshire or not. My vote has counted on two occasions. I should say my vote has mattered on two occasions. But I voted a lot of times, and it's not like you know I win. It's not like I'm correct very often. Uh, what occasions were those, if you don't mind sharing? Sure. There were two town meetings that I happened to go to, um, and they were voting on large spending items. They vote separately on large spending items. I think it's about thirty or $50,000. Oh, that is – that's well, wasteful. 
Well, um, in this case, they, they needed the, the town needs the things that they were voting on. There's no doubt about it. It's just that I don't think the town should be the ones handling those things. So it becomes a very difficult situation. I, as a uh, principal libertarian, is are not. I'm not going to vote to take money from people to spend it on things that they may not use as much as other people would use. In one case, it was a road truck to you know, repair potholes and plow the road and those sorts of things. And I think it was $350,000. I missed that uh, vote. I wasn't there. And it passed by one vote. And another occasion, I believe it was, I can't remember exactly what the item was. Um, The item was another large spending item. It might have had to do with the roads again. might have been a truck. And the, uh, oh, no, it was a bridge. So, So wait. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and I it it failed by one vote. I was there, I voted, and it failed by one vote. So I have both – I've been on both sides of it. I have uh, failed to vote, and it passed by a vote. And I have voted, and it failed by a vote. Hmm. Uh, do you hold elected office? Me? Sounds like you do. I do yes. hold an elected office, but it doesn't have anything to do with voting in town meeting. Town meetings are a, a quintessential New England uh, experience where all the people get together and decide how to fleece well, each other for money. People, only well, the most politically oh, active they're, people. They're welcome. Um, you know, they're usually about a quarter of the town will show. Is that right? There's what, 1,500 people in that town? Something yeah. Like that? Something like that. That, wow. That's impressive. Does I, that I fill up the town hall? I mean, a quarter? It's not a town hall. It's uh, they, they, go, they go to the school. Does it fill appreci- up the Sorry. good size? Hey, thanks, Liberty I, Lover. Thanks I for the call, man. The appreciate that. Uh, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Yeah, I mean, uh, here in, in New Hampshire, the towns are you know tend to be very small mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. Um, you really can have a, a pretty big impact. There's a budget committee meeting here in the city of Keene for the school board where only usually about 100 people attend. So in theory, if we had enough liberty-minded people in in this place, we'd be able to have a real impact. And we're getting that across New Hampshire. There's, you know, in pretty much any city in the larger towns, smaller towns, there's usually somebody who's freedom-oriented. There's not enough people to overwhelm a town meeting or anything like that, although they're trying in Grafton. They're just about there in Grafton. And, uh, of course, it hasn't gone well. They've, they've, Which, they've created but, a lot of opposition as a but, result but of that's, that. But that's a good thing. Right? Is it? They've told us that that ruins the movement. Some people have told us that. Oh, uh, yeah. People are always saying that. Yeah. The, the creating the opposition's good from the standpoint of the opposition because, my God, look, more people are involved in the political process. At the very, the, the statists in New Hampshire should fall should at the feet yeah. of libertarians for getting their neighbors involved. That's a good argument. The toll free number here is 855 450 free. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is of the opinion that the current Bitcoin core development team is not taking satisfactory steps to ensure the growth and advancement of Bitcoin in accordance with Satoshi's vision. As community efforts to resolve these problems have failed, it is necessary to resolve them with a different approach. By using subreddit r slash BTC instead of r slash Bitcoin and running Bitcoin Unlimited, you are casting a vote against the current development team. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype. 
And the Skype username is lrn.fm. If you want to contact us about anything that's on your mind, you can do that. Also, want to let you know about Bitcoin.com. It's the most unique online destination in the Bitcoin universe. If you're buying Bitcoin, you can do that through Bitcoin.com. Maybe you want to speak your mind to other Bitcoin users. Well, they've got a forum, and it's always open and censorship-free at forum.bitcoin.com. There are no bigger... Can't say that about every uh, other uh, Bitcoin forum out there. Definitely not. There are no bigger Bitcoin believers than the Bitcoin.com team. And that's why Bitcoin.com is a one-stop shop for everything you need to get into Bitcoin life. You can also play games, and uh, you can do that at games.bitcoin.com. That's bitcoin.com. Again, bitcoin.com. As we continue here with a story from The Intercept... Glenn Greenwald uh, writing about the CIA director Michael Pompeo, who apparently explicitly vowed to target freedom of speech and the press in a blistering, threatening speech that he delivered to D.C. think tank Center for Strategic and International Studies recently. Okay. Now, what made Pompeo's overt threats of repression so palatable to many was that they were not directed at CNN, The New York Times, or other beloved in D.C. outlets but rather at WikiLeaks, more marginalized publishers of information, and various leakers and whistleblowers, including Chelsea Manning and Edward Snowden. Trump's CIA director stood up... We're going to stop Americans from telling the truth. He stood up in public and explicitly threatened to target free speech rights and press freedoms, and it was almost impossible to find even a single U.S. mainstream journalist expressing objections or alarm, because the targets Pompeo chose in this instance are the ones they dislike. Much in the way that many are willing to overlook or even sanction free speech repression if the targeted ideas or speakers are sufficiently unpopular. And we've seen that with government crackdowns on, let's say, hardcore pornography in the past uh, decade. Happens all the time. Yeah, as long as... (laughs) Who's going to defend Max Hardcore, right? Right. The, uh, The pornographer. He makes some disgusting porn. Right. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's disgusting stuff. But the fact is, is if there's freedom of the press, then there's freedom of the press. And if there's not... There's not. Well, and that's the thing. The, the press, if they want to retain their press freedoms, they need to be concerned about press freedoms of other people in their business. That's how it works. Well, that's the way it should work, but unfortunately... Well, they, they, you don't have freedom of the press. I mean, right. the freedom of the press wants freedom of the press, but they're not going to get it unless they try to protect everybody's freedom of the press. Yeah, you've got to defend the freedom of your competitor in order for you yourself to remain free. And I don't think a lot of them really understand that because we've seen so many different times where, uh, you know, whether it's somebody who's being targeted by the government for having sources. We've seen these stories over the last decade where a uh, a journalist will have a source that he's or she is trying to protect and the government will put that journalist in a cage trying to get them to reveal who their source is. It's very rare that, you know, it's not like the media is galvanizing around that, by the way, is exactly what freedom of the press was written for. Mm-hmm. precisely that circumstance to protect a source and those things have just deteriorated in the united states i the average american will tell you that um you know they'll they'll say things like us free talk live you're just a bunch of haters you just hate everything about the government hey look i didn't write this document the people that founded the government wrote the document that said freedom of the press what part of shall not be infringed don't you understand the United States is at like 40th in the world as far as press freedom goes. That's pathetic. The land of the free and the home of the brave? Ha! 
we're not free because you're not brave, America. Mm. Yep, that's true. We're not free. Actually, we're not free because you're ignorant about what freedom means. You'd be brave because Americans are anything but uh, cowardly. That's for certain. Uh, Given the right circumstances. Yeah, they are. They are brave. It's just that. They believe what they're taught by the government school system, right? What a surprise. The organization that, that educates you gets deference in your mind. What a surprise. The organization that uh, you say a pledge to is the one you side with against the press. We're called the fourth column for a reason. The reason the press is called the fourth column is, is that there's three branches of government. The press is there as the fourth branch to hold them accountable. Your government isn't accountable to you unless you protect our freedoms to talk about it. If you want to join us here, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. So decreeing with no evidence that WikiLeaks is, as we quoted earlier, a non-state hostile intelligence service often embedded by state actors like Russia, unquote. That was uh, CIA Director Mike Pompeo who said that. A belief that has become gospel in establishment Democratic Party circles, Pompeo proclaimed that, quote, we have to recognize that we can no longer allow Assange and his colleagues the latitude to use free speech values against us. So that's it. We can no longer allow Assange and his colleagues the latitude to use free speech values against us. Against us. He also argued that while WikiLeaks, quote, pretended that America's First Amendment freedoms shield them from justice, but that they may have believed that, but they are wrong, he says. It's crazy. He then issued this remarkable threat, quote, to give them the space to crush us with misappropriated secrets is a perversion of what our great constitution stands for. It ends now. Wow. I've I've never heard anything quite like this. Yeah, you didn't hear it in the media. You didn't hear it in the mainstream media. I've got to say, I'm really I'm really kind of surprised that the media fell down this this hard on this issue. I mean, even this uh, story here from the Hill, you know, that we started where I gave you a couple of these excerpts from it. They don't go they don't go over this. They covered the story that CIA attacking WikiLeaks, but they didn't give the whole story of what this guy said. Uh, So going on here, at no point did Pompeo specify what steps the CIA intended to take to ensure that the space to publish secrets ends now. The CIA isn't the sort of organization that uh, reveals that kind of information, right? Before delving into the chilling implications of the CIA director's threats, let's take note of an incredibly revealing irony in what he said. This episode is worth examining because it perfectly illustrates the core fraud of U.S. propaganda. In vilifying WikiLeaks, Pompeo announced himself, quote, quite confident that had Assange been around in the 1930s and 40s and 50s, he would have found himself on the wrong side of history, unquote. His rationale... Maybe he would have been called a communist in the Red Scare? His rationale, quote, Assange and his ilk make common cause with dictators today, unquote. But the Mike Pompeo who accused Assange of making common cause with dictators is the very same Mike Pompeo who just eight weeks ago placed one of the CIA's most cherished awards cherished awards in the hands of one of the world's most savage tyrants. Right. I mean, he says that well, – what's the quote, quote about what WikiLeaks does with uh, dictators? Uh, that they make common cause. Make common cause. 
Americans, if you're not laughing your heads off right now, the director of the CIA just said that WikiLeaks makes common cause (laughs) with dictators. You're referring to how they've helped out dictators. And Di- I mean, do, do I, you want me to go down the laundry list of kings <laughs> and dictators that the CIA has worked with throughout the last few decades? I mean, wow, what? Uh, this guy is threatening the freedom of the press and free speech and, 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 and basically claiming that WikiLeaks does the things that the CIA does. It's it's. Uh, what a hearty belly laugh. It wasn't so scary. So this guy, uh, Pompeo, went to, I don't know how you pronounce this, Riyadh, and literally embraced and honored the Saudi royal who is next in line to the throne. This nauseating event, widely covered by the international press, yet almost entirely ignored by U.S. media, was celebrated by the Saudi-owned outlet al Arabiya. The Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Nayef bin Abdulaziz al-Saud, Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of the Interior, received a medal from the CIA. The medal, named after George Tenet, was handed to him by CIA Director Michael Pompeo after the Crown Prince received him on Friday uh, going on. The description of the award ceremony was first reported by the official Saudi press agency, which published photographs of it. And uh, we'll tell you more about this Pompeo character and his attack on freedom of speech. You can join us here, 855-450-FREE. Who will be targeted in addition to WikiLeaks? Because you can bet it's not just going to be them. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll free and join us here. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 if you like Free Talk Live and you want to help support this program. You can do that by going and shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through the links you'll find there and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. It's that simple. You know Amazon. They've got great deals already. It's just that uh, when you go through their normal website, then Free Talk Live uh, doesn't get anything. But if you go through our affiliate links at shop.freetalklive.com, you still have the normal Amazon experience you're used to, whether it's Amazon UK, Canada, or US. You're just a portion of the purchase goes to Free Talk Live. Now, you don't see anything about it when you check out. You just have to trust that it's working. As soon as you click on those links, you're, you know, there's a cookie that gets set once you, uh, once you arrive at the Amazon site. In fact, if you want to save yourself a step, once you... Click the link to, let's say, the U.S. Amazon from shop.freetalklive.com. And as soon as you arrive, that landing page, as they call it, the front page there of Amazon, as soon as you arrive, just bookmark that page. That's the URL that has our little tag information in it uh, so that they know that we sent you there. And you bookmark that, then you will always get credit. That's right. And Please so, do that. Yeah, it makes a big difference for us, and you get the same great deals that you're used to. So go to shop.freetalklive.com. Mike Pompeo is the new CIA director who has uh, been apparently palling it up with some world dictators right uh, right before he accused WikiLeaks of being cozy with world dictators. And uh, the Intercept.com article here from Glenn Greenwald gets into it. Uh, the Pompeo Saudi Awards Ceremony, again, he gave an award to apparently the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Nayef bin Abdulaziz Al Saud the deputy prime minister and the minister of the interior. And according to the story here, uh, the Saudi press agency wrote this. 
In a press statement following the reception, the Crown Prince expressed appreciation of the CIA for bestowing on him such a grace, laying assertion that this medal is a fruit of endeavors and instructions of the leaders of the kingdom, notably the custodian of the two holy mosques, King Salman bin Abdulaziz al-Saud, bravery of security men, and cooperation of all walks of the community to combat terrorism. Unquote. Then there's the venue Pompeo chose, the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS. As the New York Times reported in 2014, the CIS, excuse me, CSIS, like so many of DC's most prestigious think tanks, is itself funded by dictators. In really? particular, the UAE has become a major supporter of the group, having quietly provided a donation of more than $1 million to help build the center's gleaming new glass and steel headquarters not far from the White House. Other CSIS donors include the regimes of Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and Kazakhstan. In return, UAE officials are treated I like Turkey with an elected uh, um, leader. I have no idea. Okay. UAE officials are treated like great statesmen as a result at CSIS. This is all independent of the fact that Pompeo's boss, President Donald Trump, just hosted at the White House and lavished praise on one of the world's most repressive tyrants, Egyptian leader Abdel Fattah al-Sisi. And the government of which Pompeo is a part sends arms, money, and all other kinds of support to dictators across the planet. So how could Mike Pompeo, fresh off embracing and honoring Saudi tyrants, standing in a building funded by the world's most repressive regimes, uh, headed by an agency that for decades supported despots and death squads, possibly maintain a straight face as he accuses others of, quote, making common cause right. the with CIA, The CIA accusing people of making common cause with dictators. It's really a laughable thing to say, frankly. How does this oozing, glaring, obvious act of projection not immediately trigger fits of scornful laughter from U.S. journalists and policymakers? Well, U.S. journalists just don't know. <laughs> the reason is because this is a central and longstanding propaganda tactic of the U.S. government, aided by a media that largely ignores it. They predicate their foreign policy and projection of power on hugging, supporting, and propping up the world's worst tyrants, all while heralding themselves as defenders of freedom and democracy and castigating their enemies as the real supporters of the dictators. It's despic- the most despicable form of hypocrisy. Try to find mainstream media accounts in the U.S. of Pompeo's trip to Riada and bestowing Riada. A top CIA honor on the ta- Saudi despot. It's easy to find accounts of this episode in international outlets, but very difficult to find ones from CNN or the Washington Post. They're too busy important, uh, reporting on important things. Or try to find instances where mainstream media figures point out what should be the unbearable irony of listening to the same U.S. government officials accuse others of supporting dictators while nobody does more to prop up tyrants than themselves. This is the... Uh, dictatorship embracing reality of the U.S. government that remains largely hidden from its population. That's why Donald Trump's CIA director of all people can stand in a dictator-funded think tank in the middle of Washington, having just recovered from his jet lag in flying to pay homage to Saudi tyrants and vilify WikiLeaks and its ilk of making common cause with dictators, all without the U.S. media taking note of the intense inanity of it. But it is Pompeo's threatening language about free speech and press freedoms that ought to be causing serious alarm for journalists. Yeah, that's what scares me the most, indeed. Re- regardless yeah, of what I one thinks the, of WikiLeaks. I expect the CIA director to be a liar and, and a hypocrite. hypocrite. Um, I expect that from, frankly, every politician and a high-level bureaucrat. Those are things that I expect. When he gets out there and he rails against freedom of the press, like he did, 
and threatens to shut it down like he did, and the press in the United States doesn't say anything about it, I, I'm, I'm left with my mouth agape. Even more extreme than the explicit attacks in his prepared remarks is what the CIA director said in the question and answer session that followed. He was asked about WikiLeaks by an unidentified questioner who queried of, quote, the need to limit the lateral movements, such as by using our First Amendment rights. How do you plan to accomplish that? He asked. This is what Pompeo said in response, quote, a little less constitutional law and a lot more of a philosophical understanding. Julian Assange has no First Amendment privileges. Oh, 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 hold on. Let me just stop him there. Yeah, he does. Uh, the First Amendment does not only apply to people that live in the United States. It does not only apply to U.S. citizens. The Bill of Rights is supposed to be a set of rules that the, the government of the United States respects with all human beings. That's correct. So he's wrong in the first sentence. Let me go on. He's not a constitutional attorney, though. He goes on. He says he's not a U.S. citizen. What I was speaking to is an understanding that these are not reporters doing good work to try to keep the American government on us. They are actively recruiting agents to steal American secrets with the sole intent of destroying the American way of life. There's more. But how is it that... Uh, Man, this sounds like some Red Scare stuff to me. Yeah. How, how is it that um, putting out information about what the government's doing which is what they did recently with their CIA uh, revelations, the Vault 7, revealing mm-hmm. the CIA has all kinds of hacking tools and can crack into iPhones and Androids and Windows and Linux and, and Mac. and All these you know, other things, yeah. Uh, they, they're using televisions to uh, spy on people. How is it that putting that information out there is the intent of destroying the American way of life? Unless he's equating the American way of life with the government being able to do anything they want to do without any accountability. I think he uh, understands the American way of life differently than I do. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's the only conclusion I could come to here. It's just fear-mongering. I mean, it's yeah. just uh, you know trying to make WikiLeaks out to be the bad guy. He goes on. He says, that is fundamentally different than a First Amendment activity as I understand them. That's what I was getting to. We have, to, we have had administrations before that have been too squeamish about going after these people. How frightening. After some concept of this right to publish, nobody has the right to actively engage in the theft of secrets from American without the intent, I think he means the government, without the intent to do harm to it. Are we to presume that this is said under the blessings of Donald Trump? This is the thing that I found to be the most frightening thing about Trump. Remember, it's not like I wanted Clinton by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. But Donald Trump is a thin-skinned little boy when it comes to people talking about him. Yes. And, I, I, you know, it, he just – he doesn't like the press much from the beginning, the, the term the press. And I don't like most of the major press much either – but it's because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're pathetic little cowards and won't report on crap like this. It's because they don't have enough bravery. They, they want to report stories about Donald Trump's short little fingers or whatever it is that the, they want to report stories at just to see what he'll do. This is right here. This story should have been reported by one American press organization, and it hasn't been. Well, maybe it has. We haven't looked, but he's saying he looked and there really wasn't much of any coverage that's the claim from glenn 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 greenwald which is a brand that i uh i tend to trust 
Yep, he's uh, been really good with his reporting over the years. We're going to continue because he's got more to say about this Pompeo character and uh, just him openly threatening the First Amendment, openly threatening uh, press freedoms. But if it's being done to an unpopular uh, press agent like WikiLeaks, at least unpopular amongst the rest of the press, then apparently everybody's just standing by watching. Hour number two is coming up. A funny thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Modern advertisers have been trained to look for trackability in their advertising, and web search ads are great for that. They also help you get the consumer that's looking for products like yours in the moment. But they're expensive, and they do nothing to convince people to try your product segment in the first place. They help you get a bigger piece of the pie. But branding mediums like radio grow the pie itself. Free Talk Live's on more than 150 stations, and we can help advertisers with little budgets and big ones. Send me an email, mark at freetalklive.com. It's mark at freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live, and you can dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Still to come tonight, Mark, you wanted to talk about rape culture. we still got to get into that, but we're deep into the story from Glenn Greenwald at TheIntercept.com about this new CIA director. Actually, I don't know how new he is. I presume he was appointed by Trump. Uh, Mike Pompeo. He pretty much uh, got rid of everybody else. Yeah. I would say that's a safe bet. This guy has come out swinging against the first amendment in uh, sort of the uh, under the idea that wikileaks is this big uh, anti-government anti-freedom actor and that the government needs to put a stop to their freedom of speech because if they are allowed to continue saying what they want that they will destroy the american way of life is basically you know i'm summarizing essentially what what he said but he literally did say that uh, they are actively recruiting agents to steal American secrets with the sole intent of destroying the American way of life. Uh, he accused WikiLeaks of making common cause with dictators, while, of course, that's <laughs> exactly what the CIA does. And, uh, you know, we've got even more quotes here. The toll free number, if you want to join us, 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. And uh, he said, Further, that uh, WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service, often abetted by state actors like Russia. He says we have to recognize that we can no longer allow Assange and his colleagues the latitude to use free speech values against us. We can no longer allow Assange and who? His colleagues. To use the free speech so. values against us. Mm-hmm. That's frightening to coming, coming from a, a government official. Basically, we can't let we can't have free speech anymore because it's too dangerous. I mean, that's that's Third Reich kind of stuff, people. He also argued that WikiLeaks uh, pretended that America's First Amendment freedoms shield them from justice, but they may have believed that. But they are wrong. Hmm. He then issued a justice is in this guy's mind issued a remarkable threat. Quote, to give them the space to crush us with misappropriated secrets is a perversion of what our great constitution stands for. To give it me- ends now. <laughs> so I just wanted to recap for everybody just tuning in here as we uh, launch into hour number two. Those are some of the, the uh, outrageous quotes from this man, uh, Mike Pompeo. Now, he made a longer statement in a question and answer session Uh, where an unidentified questioner asked him uh, about the need to limit lateral movements, such as by using our First Amendment rights. 
how do you plan to accomplish that? He answered by saying, a little less constitutional law and a lot more of a philosophical understanding. Julian Assange has no First Amendment privileges. He's not a U.S. citizen. Okay, that's true that he's not a U.S. citizen, but it's false that he has no First Amendment privileges. Right. The uh, Supreme Court has ruled that there are certainly privileges that are afforded to people who are not U.S. citizens. What I was speaking is to to an understanding that these are not reporters doing good work to try to keep the American government on us. I think he means honest. I don't know. These are actively recruiting agents to steal American secrets with the sole intent of destroying the American way of life. That is fundamentally different than a First Amendment activity as I understand them. That's what I was getting to. He says, we have had administrations before that have been too squeamish about going after these people after some concept of this right to publish. Yeah. Nobody has the right to actively engage in the theft of secrets from America without the intent to do harm to it. I love that he doesn't call the secrets lies. So that's what the NSA did. The NSA denied um, the truth. Well, not after it was revealed, but um, they would deny the sort of, you know, that they had the power to do this thing or that thing. And then mm-hmm. WikiLeaks would come out and show, oh, yeah, there's paperwork that shows that, in fact, they, they have the ability to do that, too. And then just one thing after another after another. At the very least, this guy calls them secrets. So he's acknowledging that. Yeah, he's yep, acknowledging are out. everything that's been released is true. And if you're that scared of the truth, what kind of organization do you run? Well, we already know. I mean, the government is a criminal organization of people who are more than happy to use the threat of an actual violence in order to achieve uh, their rule over others. Now, one thing's clear that the CIA doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Many dictators and, you know, they've supported and, and democratically elected governments they've overthrown. Greenwald goes on. He says, given how menacing and extreme this statement is, it's remarkable and genuinely frightening that it receives so little notice, let alone condemnation from the U.S. press corps, most of which covered Pompeo's speech by trumpeting his claim that WikiLeaks is an agent of enemy power, or noting the irony that Trump had praised WikiLeaks and Pompeo himself had positively tweeted about their revelations. Hmm. Pompeo's remarks deserve far greater scrutiny than this. To begin with, the notion that WikiLeaks has no free press rights because Assange is a foreigner is both wrong and dangerous. While I worked at The Guardian, my editors were all non-Americans. Would it therefore have been constitutionally permissible for the U.S. government to shut down the newspaper and imprison its editors on the ground that they enjoy no constitutional protections? Right there. I mean, they're British, for God's sake. Oh, well, Britons, they get a they get a they get a pass. Obviously not, says Greenwald. Moreover, what rational person would possibly be comfortable with having this determination? Who is and who is not a real journalist being made by the CIA? <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Yep. Uh, and But the most menacing aspect is the attempt to criminalize the publication of classified information. For years, mainstream U.S. media outlets, including ones that despise WikiLeaks, nonetheless understood that prosecuting WikiLeaks for publishing secrets would pose a grave threat to press freedoms for themselves. Even the Washington Post editorial page at the height of the controversy over WikiLeaks and their diplomatic cables that they published in 2010 published an editorial headlined, quote, don't charge WikiLeaks, unquote. And in that article, they wrote, this is the Washington Post saying, quote, such prosecutions are a bad idea. The government has no business indicting someone who's not a spy and who is not legally bound to keep its secrets. Doing so would criminalize the exchange of information and put at risk responsible media organizations that vet and verify material and take seriously the protection of sources and methods when lives or national security are endangered, unquote. 
The Obama administration in 2010 explored theories for how it could prosecute WikiLeaks and even convened a grand jury to investigate, but it ultimately concluded that doing so would be impossible without directly threatening First Amendment press freedoms for everyone. As former Obama DOJ spokesperson Matthew Miller yesterday said of Pompeo's threats, quote, uh, Glenn Greenwald, it's also hollow. DOJ knows it can't win a case against someone just for publishing secrets. Right. But back in 2010, the Obama... That doesn't mean you can't make it very, very difficult. No doubt. Uh, the, and, uh, and, and, you know, if Trump's putting his people on the uh, Supreme Court, maybe they could win the mm, case. Not likely. Line. Not the people that... Well, not, not Gorsuch at this point. Um, he would have to take a real about turn on who he's putting in there. But back in 2010, the Obama And remember, DOJ, the Supreme Court agrees 100% on more cases than it doesn't. Okay. So they tend to vote nine to zero on more cases than they don't. I didn't know that. They're a pretty good agency when it oh, comes boy. to looking at the law. Well, I mean, they tend to look at the law in the favor of the state. They tend so to look at the law in the I favor of the state. Call them good on that aspect. I'm just saying that uh, you know most saying of the time, they could be as bad as like Venezuela's Supreme Court. Okay, yeah, they're not that bad. Ju- I just said pretty good. So you're only comparing them to other Supreme Courts. Well, right? I, 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 I'm just saying that... Uh, We're the not more free because of the Supreme Court, for the most part. You, most of the freedoms you enjoy came from the Supreme Court, my friend. Either affirming or uh, ruling. They've protected some of the freedoms over time. Yes. Uh, but they've also whittled them away with giving police more powers. You understand the difference between the term pretty good and excellent, right? Uh, there is a difference. Okay. So um, if they were right 70% of the time, 30% of the time they were wrong, they'd still be whittling away at some freedoms, right? Yes, they would. Okay. So that I would say a 70% would be pretty good. I would say they're not terrible. How about that? They're not horrifying. I mean, they've had some very bad rulings, and I'm happy to hold them um, accountable, but you compare them to the legislature and the executive branch— they come out looking pr- real good. Okay, I'll give you that. They're probably uh, the the least of objectionable of the three <laughs> three branches. I don't know what else you They're could just do. Comparing except cancers compare. here. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Uh, the toll free number here is eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You know, is bladder cancer pretty good compared to lung cancer? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's more coming up though. Uh, from Glenn Greenwald on the attack, or what is supposed to be, what may be, the beginnings of an attack on freedom of the press in America. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us on the radio here. 855-450-FREE. Coming up, rape culture. Uh, Mark wants to talk about that. We've also got a little more from Glenn Greenwald on the Department of Justice CIA uh, under, I guess, attacking freedom of speech, attacking freedom of the press, and he's just digging into these outrageous statements by the boss man over at the CIA, Mike Pompeo, basically threatening to go after WikiLeaks and essentially saying the First Amendment doesn't apply to them. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Also... Mark, tell me about Whole Food Multicomplete. I w- just took mine before I came. What, is, what it is, is it's a multi. Now, I, I call it a multi because it's not a multivitamin. Multivitamin means it has a bunch of different vitamins. It has that. It does. But it has seven different types of supplements. Hmm. If you go to simplifymysupplements.com, 
If you just go to SimplifyMySupplements.com and you look at the list of ingredients, compare it to anything you're taking, because, you know, 60% of Americans, maybe more, are taking some kind of multivitamin um, some, uh, currently. This thing just shuts them all down. It's s- such high-quality stuff. I've been taking multis for a long time. I started taking this, and I saw immediate changes in my life. Um, specifically, I lost weight. And uh, my digestive output is uh, is better than it was. Uh, that's the terminology I'm using, but I think people can get the notion of uh, what I'm talking about. Um, this is it's been great for me. I can only recommend it for you. There are very few products that I have uh, recommended throughout the years that I'll continue buying even when they choose not to advertise any longer. This is that good, and uh, it's made my life better. Whole food, multi complete. You can get it at simplifymysupplements.com. And if you use coupon code FTL, you'll get your first order at cost, 30% off. SimplifyMySupplements.com, coupon code FTL. Yes, they accept Bitcoin. You'll have to email them uh, to get the discount. But uh, they do accept Bitcoin and free shipping on orders of $60 or more. SimplifyMySupplements.com. All right, coming up more from Glenn Greenwald and The Intercept on uh, CIA Director Mike Pompeo's threats against WikiLeaks and other people like WikiLeaks. People that are revealing information that the government doesn't want to be revealed. Uh, he's talking about a threat, threatening, openly threatening these agencies, openly threatening the freedom of speech and the freedom of the press. Let's go to Sarah. She's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Sarah. Yes, I just want to mention there. Um, there's a, a, a old uh, steakhouse, uh, Monte Carlos. It's been in Albuquerque uh, for a very long time. And it, it's closing down. It's going out of business. Okay. And uh, and then I ate there once was before, and it was it was very good. But uh, you know, I I used to like steaks. But my what I'm saying is, I think your show has helped uh, convince people to eat less meat. Why you would know, that I be? <laughs> well, you know, do you remember I was talking about? We're not um, we're not vegetarians. Well, I'm not. I'm not completely, but I did stop eating. I still eat fish, but I stopped eating uh, regular meat, chicken, and. Beef Are you saying that that, that, a, that you've called this show, revealed your dietary habits, and that you believe <clears throat> believe that Free Talk Live is so influential in Albuquerque that we have killed a, a steakhouse that has been there for decades? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a contributing factor. It's not the only factor. Because the, there's a lot of uh, vegetarians that are trying to help people eat less meat. You know, uh, what do you think the value is in eating less meat? Well, it saves our planet. You know, from what? It takes so much land and uh, feed and grass to raise one cow to make a, a you know meat. You know, it takes so much water to grow grass. Yeah, but cows so are farmed, whereas fish are. Um, you know, fish are just pulled out of the ocean willy-nilly. It's the the tragedy of the commons in many ways. Um, they try to put uh, caps on what people can can fish and that sort of thing. But um, unless you're eating, say, tilapia, which is farmed. Yeah, well, well, the thing is, I was told that they, they want to farm them out in the ocean because uh, there's a like a, a good idea. demand for fish now. So they want to because uh, they want to do it right into the ocean. They have nets and stuff like that. But what my point is is that you know I mean people were fine. I do fine without eating hot dogs and meat. I haven't ate. I, I'm I'm just saying that some people do fine with the almost all vegetarian 
a diet. Do like you think myself. that some people um, are, you know, some people need more meat than others do? You know something? I really do. It depends on your ancestry, your 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 uh, physical composition. I've heard blood so type words, is an issue too. Well, not really. The um, it's more like if your ancestors were hunters and uh, meat eaters, like from like Russian background or. Your ancestry for thousands of years have hunted and ate meat, and that's mostly your diet. You you inherit that genetically. So there, I was told that you could actually get sick from if you come from those family backgrounds. If you stop eating meat, that you will get sick. That's what I was told. So I believe it. You know, but if people are different, that's the- certainly true. I mean, some people are going to respond differently yeah, right. to different uh, diets, and we've certainly seen that to be the case. As far as people trying to lose weight, doesn't you know the same way doesn't always work the same for everybody who tries it. Uh, so, hey, Sarah, thanks for the call. As far as uh, you know, as far as the steakhouse is concerned, um, you know, businesses come and they go. Just because a restaurant has been open for decades doesn't mean that it's not going to close its doors down. You know, it could simply be. That uh, and I, I did look for Monte Carlo, Albuquerque. Um, I don't see a news headline about this, but you know maybe she heard it on uh, local radio news or something like that, or the words you know getting around town that they're going to shut down. You know, it could just simply be the the guy who's owned the place has owned it for a long time and he's just tired of it and doesn't want to sell and is just going to close it down. There's different reasons why why a business would would shutter. I um, w- worked in the gym industry and uh, we'd always the first presumption whenever a uh, g- you know workout area would shut down was that the the owner You mean a on, competing gym? Yeah, okay. a competing gym would shut down as is the owner's on coke. I mean, like, <laughs> that was the first thing that everybody would always say. <laughs> is that because owners tend to be on coke and they I I don't know. I I really did, never met anybody who shut down a gym. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's funny too because I uh, I know of, in in my lifetime at least a couple of gyms that have shut down. My mom had a she went to Jazzercise I think they called it in the 1980s in Sarasota, Florida, and that was one of the ones that they just closed the doors on one day. People showed up walked and out, yeah. and uh, you know the place was closed and they walked away with however much membership money that they'd had from people. There was one right here in Keene, New Hampshire, just last year uh, that uh, that closed down. Daryl was going to that one and then he tried to go one day and they're closed. Blunk. You know, so it does it does happen. Um, I doubt that this is an indicator that people are eating less meat. I don't know if there's any actual like studies that show that that's the case. I'm sure there might be some vegetarians in our audience that would know better than than I about that. So feel free to call in toll free at eight fifty five four fifty free. I think you tend to see the things that reflect your own life, the things you're interested in. So if you're turning vegetarian you're eating less meat you're paying attention to how much meat is eaten you're liable to see you know how much other people are eating and uh you know ascribe some kind of number to that that everybody's getting woke on this uh this subject <laughs> and um, i don't think I don't so no. um you know but you know whatever i raised my own pigs uh, for the purpose of having humanely raised meat and understanding sort of uh, the process and to me just sort of a moral thing you have to be willing to kill your own food to eat meat um i kind of i see it that way anyway so you know i did that for a while our toll-free number here tonight 855-450 free you can join us take control of the airwaves bring up whatever's on your mind 855-450-3733 this is free talk live Ross Ulbricht was convicted in early 2015 of running the infamous Silk Road Underground Market. 
The Silk Road was a gift to humanity and helped reduce the harms brought on by drug prohibition. For this good deed, Ross has been sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now, an appeal is Ross's only chance, and he needs your support. Please visit freeross.org, where you can contribute via various methods, including Bitcoin. Visit freeross.org. That's freeross.org. It's Free Talk Live, and with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And we've got Skype. If you want to join us there, Skype username is lrn.fm. It's an open phones panel discussion where we talk about freedom for the most part, but we can talk about anything. Uh, Whatever you want to bring up goes here on Free Talk Live. Sarah just called in about vegetarianism, uh, proclaiming that the downfall of a local steakhouse, or the alleged downfall, I can't find any news about the Monte Carlo and Albuquerque closing, uh, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. The alleged downfall and attributing it to Free Talk Live, which, uh, you know, I, I, she's done this before where she's called and attributed, uh, what was it, some sort of reduction in traffic fatalities or something like that. I forget what it was, but some some other thing we couldn't possibly have really had any significant impact on. Well, I don't know whether we have significant impact or not. That's uh, You don't have any more we evidence don't, we don't, than but, Sarah does yeah. when she makes these claims. Right. I, I just uh, tend to presume that uh, that talk radio hosts don't hardly ever have the impact that they would like to think that they 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 probably have have, uh, in your case they probably have a different impact than you would like to have (laughs) i don't know what it comes you know on this i i suspect that it just sounds ludicrous that uh somehow one call she made at one point regarding her dietary changes has somehow caused a sit-take house in her town (laughs) to shut down (laughs) i mean radio is a great medium but uh, i don't know if it's got that power yeah um, so anyway, uh, you can join us here. By the way, I did see an interesting uh, React. I like the React channel on the YouTube, and you know where they they'll have uh, like people will try food, for instance, and react to it, or they'll react to online videos. And so they did a a, a taste test challenge where they had the I don't know if it was vegan. Was it vegan? I think it was vegan. Yeah, they had vegan. Uh, like a vegan hot dog, and then a regular hot dog. But that's good. And then they had, uh, you know, vegan some other vegan thing, and the regular thing, you know. And so they uh, they bacon. had they had people bacon. I don't. Yeah, I think bacon. I don't remember. It's the most popular meat right now. Well, anyway, they, I, as a pig farmer, I'd like to talk to all you bacon folks out there. Don't give the pig all the credit for bacon. Remember, the pig just provides the meat. Mm-hmm. There's a person who Somebody's goes into chop him up and smoking. Yes. It's not just cutting; uh, it's smoking. Uh, um, also, you don't know anything about cheek bacon. No, I've never heard of that. Right? You know, it's because it it generally goes. Is this to the, a delicacy? The families of the people who work at the uh, the meat cutters. Oh, because um, it's the best bacon. It's the, the, yeah, cheek bacon, best bacon. Is it from the butt cheek or the cheek of the mouth? No, it's from the mouth. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that's where, you know, you and, and it's smoked uh, just yeah. like that. But the smoking process huh. is extraordinarily important. You can get good smoking and bad smoking. Right. And, you know, of course, it's your preference when it comes to this. It's not just, hmm, you know, bacon bits or, you know, whatever. Bacon seeds, mm-hmm. uh, the terminology they use for piglets and that kind of thing. No, pigs don't make bacon. Pigs make meat. And then right. that meat is treated in certain ways. So uh, the reactions were, the results from the React were mixed. 
there were some things where it was pretty obvious what the vegan product was, and it was inferior. And there were other things where they couldn't really tell the difference. I think uh, there was somebody who thought the uh, vegan hot dog was the real hot dog, but the you know other hot dog wasn't. And so they had it mixed up. I'm glad they've yeah. uh, you know gotten that close. I think that there's value to that. It's going to be it's a long, long road to hoe mm-hmm. to change uh, people's minds about the things that they eat. But the dedication of vegans is amazing, um, and they've been pretty successful. Consider libertarians and their lack of success around uh, <laughs> you know changing people's minds. Mm-hmm. You know, and vegans seem to do far better. And I think that a lot of it has to do with sort of empathizing, not being scared to come out and say what it is that's on your mind. Vegans will tell you what they think. Um, that can push people away, though. Some of them can be kind of pushy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the old joke. Uh, you know, a vegan, a CrossFitter, an atheist walk into a bar. <laughs> Nobody asked them, but they told us all within 10 seconds of arriving. Right. Like that's, the, that's the joke. Now, I don't know anything about CrossFit, but I hear the people who do it. I've seen a few people on Facebook who are really yeah. into their CrossFit stuff. My God, that's great, too. Good. Getting fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, what, who, who doesn't like that? Atheists, I kind of wonder to myself, what exactly are you trying to achieve by uh, disabusing people of the their notions of religion or whatever, but I, I, I do, I, I can be lured into conversations about religion, so mm-hmm. I kind of know where they're coming from on that one. But vegans, they've been, they're very, very successful. Atheists are being successful too over time. It's the indignation that libertarians, atheists, and uh, vegans seem to have that I think drives people away. They got to look more f- towards empathy, asking mm. questions, trying to see what people are trying to achieve in life and showing what their value system can do to help people achieve that. Good, good advice. Uh, toll free number. If you want to join us, eight fifty five four fifty free. So we were sharing with you some of these comments from the CIA director, basically just on the attack against freedom of the press Attacking WikiLeaks specifically and its colleagues, people who would be friendly towards WikiLeaks or similar to WikiLeaks, basically just throwing out uh, throwing out the idea that you don't have the right to uh, question the government, uh, that you don't have the right to expose government secrets. And it's some, some of these quotes are pretty outrageous. Glenn Greenwald over at TheIntercept.com has been analyzing this and comparing it to the Obama Department of Justice – which in 2010, he says, did briefly flirt with, but then abandoned the possibility that they could get around their uh, the, the problem by alleging that WikiLeaks did more than merely publish secrets, that it actively collaborated with its source, which was at that time Chelsea Manning, on what documents to take. As the New York Times' Charlie Savage reported then, quote, a government official familiar with the investigation said that treating WikiLeaks different from newspapers might be facilitated if investigators found any evidence that Mr. Assange aided the leaker, who is believed to be a low-level Army intelligence analyst, for example, by directing him to look for certain things and providing technological assistance. Hmm. That does make me wonder. Um, I, I do see a distinction there. If if there is a distinction, uh, that would be, uh, you know, it, it, that would be it. But, but they'd have to prove that. Yeah, case. they would have to prove it. And would a, a member of the press, I'm just trying to remember, I'm just trying to think of a reporter, you know, the ones that are wearing the fedora with a little thing and a little piece of paper in there that says yep. press in it, with a press pass right in their fedora. I'm just wondering if a person like that would... You know, say what interesting, what information would be more and less interesting if it was uh, leaked by, I don't know, a government whistleblower or something like that. Does Is that bad? I don't know. Um, doesn't seem like it is. 
Why should it? Why should the government whistleblower not be able to collude with the press on what is leaked and what isn't? Indeed. And uh, the, by the way, no evidence was ever found that that had happened. And many in the DOJ did conclude, rightly so, that even such a collaboration theory of criminalization would endanger press freedoms because most investigative journalists do collaborate with their sources. Okay. As Northwestern journalism professor Dan Kennedy explained in The Guardian, quote, the problem is there's no meaningful distinction to be made. How did The Guardian equally not collude with WikiLeaks in obtaining the cables? How did The New York Times not collude with The Guardian when The Guardian gave The Times a copy of them following Assange's decision to cut The Times out of the latest document dump? For the matter, I don't see how any news organization can be said not to have colluded with a source when it receives leaked documents. Didn't the Times collude with Daniel Ellsberg when it received the Pentagon Papers from him? Yes, there are differences. Ellsberg had finished making copies long before he began working with the Times, whereas Assange may have goaded Manning. But does that really matter? Unquote. The dangers to all media outlets, says Greenwald from this theory, should have been crystal clear when Joe Lieberman and former Bush Attorney General Mike Mukasey argued that the New York Times itself should be prosecuted for publishing and reporting on WikiLeaks secret documents on the grounds that no meaningful distinction could be made between the New York Times and WikiLeaks. But criminalizing WikiLeaks publication of documents is clearly part of what Pompeo, the current CIA director, is now planning. That's what he meant when he argued that, quote, administrations before have been too squeamish about going after these people after some concept of this right to publish, unquote. He was criticizing the Obama Department of Justice for yeah, not pretty prosecuting clear. WikiLeaks. About the Obama administration, one of the least uh, uh, transparent presidencies. Oh, yeah, they cracked down on leakers. In the past century. Right. So Pompeo's saying... Obama didn't go far enough. And I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to be that way with Trump. I suspect this uh, Pompeo's got Trump's blessing on this. And yes, there's going to be a war on the press for the next three years, people. Don't expect a freer country as we walk out of it. There's more coming up here. 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. Three years. You're suspecting it'll go down later? Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free talking about freedom of the press under attack again uh, in the United States. Maybe it's going to get even worse. Mark, you have some dire predictions based on what this CIA Mike Pompeo is saying. He's making some pretty uh, threatening remarks towards WikiLeaks and anybody else that would dare to reveal secrets of the U.S. government. He believes that will destroy the American way of life. Because the American way of life has always been to kowtow to the state, right? To just bow down, kiss the sta- uh, the boot of the state, and do whatever it is that they're told? No. Um, the American way of life uh, started with people who were so upset with their government that they were willing to shoot them center of mass, to drive a uh, bayonet through them, um, and uh, were lucky and successful when it came down to it. Those uh, same people were so bitter at that uh, government that they were willing, uh, in less than a generation, to do it again. Then, about a generation later, th- you know, some of those uh, those people decided that they didn't want to be in that government either, and were so angry at that government they were willing again to shoot them center of mass and drive them through with a bayonet. But times have changed, yeah, and uh, the American people, and I, and I don't think violence is the solution here. But I I'm do, just saying that uh, right. the United States is full of people who are pretty anti-government. It, at it their, has been, you know, at, at their roots. 
certainly in New Hampshire, uh, there's a real sentiment that is pro-freedom, I think. The Granite Staters, the live free or die state, uh, which is where we're broadcasting this show from. And of course, we invite all libertarians and voluntarists and liberty-loving people to come here and actually have a chance at success where we're concentrating libertarian activism. Uh, meanwhile, we have to watch and uh, and be very saddened by what's going on in the national scene with uh, the Trump administration CIA director openly threatening freedom of speech and freedom of the press. Uh, Pompeo saying that previous administrations have been, quote, too squeamish about going after these people. And what he means is WikiLeaks um, and anybody else who's like WikiLeaks. He says, uh, and according to Glenn Greenwald at TheIntercept.com, Pompeo's criticizing the Obama Department of Justice for not prosecuting WikiLeaks for publishing secrets. And this is why Pompeo yesterday claimed, with no evidence, that WikiLeaks, quote, directed Chelsea Manning in her theft of specific secret information, unquote. He clearly intends to pursue prosecution of WikiLeaks and Julian Assange for publishing classified information. It has long been a dream of the far right, as well as hawkish Obama followers, to prosecute journalists and outlets that publish secret information based on this theory. As Newsweek noted in 2011, quote, Sarah Palin urged that Assange be, quote, pursued with the same urgency that we pursue al-Qaeda and Taliban leaders. Mm. As the Weekly Standards, William Crystal wants the U.S. to, quote, use our various assets to harass, snatch, or neutralize Julian Assange and his collaborators. These people believe that Julian Assange is tantamount to Saddam Hussein or Osama bin Laden. It's a threat to their power, so I suppose that he's worse. He, yeah, he's a greater threat to their power. Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein weren't going to do anything uh, to people who are firmly entrenched in the United States government. The same collaboration theory that Pompeo is advocating is what various Obama loyalists, such as MSNBC's Joy Reid, spent months hyping in order to justify the prosecution of the journalists, such as myself, this is Glenn Greenwald writing, who reported the Snowden materials, that we did not merely report them, but that we collaborated with our source. Her theory became the basis for her NBC colleague David Gregory asking if I should be prosecuted on the ground that I aided and abetted Snowden. This, the collaboration theory propounded back then by Bill Kristol and Joe Lieberman uh, and now by Mike Pompeo, is the mentality of people who do not understand, who do not practice, and who hate journalism, at least when it exposes the bad acts of the leaders they revere. Just as it's true of free speech abridgments, if you cheer for it and endorse it because the people targeted in the first instance are ones you dislike, then you are institutionalizing these abridgments and will be unable to resist them when they begin to be applied to people that you do like. And this is a rephrasing of the old classic Pastor Martin Niemöller yeah. uh, passage from the, the you know 1940s, I think it was, World War II. First they came for the trade unionists. Then they came for the communists, and I was not a communist, then so I did not for, speak up. Yeah, then they came for the Jews. And when they finally came for me, there was no one left to speak up for me. Indeed. WikiLeaks now has a few friends in Washington. The right has long hated it for publishing secrets about Bush-era war crimes, while Democrats now despise them for its perceived role in helping defeat Hillary Clinton by exposing the secret corruption of the DNC. But the level of affection for WikiLeaks should have no bearing on how one responds to these press freedom threats from Donald Trump's CIA director. Criminalizing the publication of classified documents is wrong in itself and has the obvious potential to spread far beyond their initial target. Finally, he says, people who depict themselves as part of an anti-authoritarian resistance, let alone those who practice journalism, should be the first ones standing up to object 
to these creepy threats, the implication of Pompeo's threats are far more consequential than the question of who one likes or does not like. I have to. I tend to agree with Glenn Greenwald on pretty much everything he writes. Long piece, uh, but you know, very interesting and outrageous. What's going on? And of course, I completely agree. And here on Free Talk Live, we believe in freedom of the press. We exercise our right to freedom of the press. We do more than just get on the the air and talk. You know, we actually go out in the world and do activism. I'll be out tomorrow at a trial for a state representative who is facing possible up to a year in jail for driving without government permission slips. Uh, we have documented actions of the government in the streets. You can see my videos over at the Free Keen YouTube channel. So we do more than just get on the radio and talk about stuff. We do more than that. But, but just our role of, of being on the radio, we want to allow anybody to call in about anything they want to discuss whether that's you know bringing up some outrageous thing that the government has done that hasn't come across our desk because you know we don't see everything we don't know what what all's happening out there we have to rely on a lot of you to inform us about that that's why our website allows you to actually create the content that you find there so more importantly that's why we give out the telephone number every single segment so that you can call in and talk about it 8554503733 that's right and uh, we got a website that lets you submit content right there to the front page of the site. The other shows in talk radio, they all have their gatekeepers. They've got their phone screener that keep you out. If you don't want to talk about what that talk show host wants to discuss, sorry, you can't call in. If uh, you know you don't agree with you the talk call show in, host, you'll just sit on uh, hold or get no, they'll hung drop up on. you off the line. They don't have time to sit you on hold like that. Uh, if you don't agree with the talk show host and he's not taking calls from people who disagree, sorry, you are not getting on the air. So it's very hard in a lot of cases to get through the gatekeepers of the mainstream media. And we don't, you know, we've specifically designed this show to not have those gatekeepers on it. There is a call screener, but he's just going to ask you what's your name and where you're calling from. You can lie about those things. And what do you want to talk about? And yeah. that's it. And you, you don't probably... have to go beyond two words. You know, yeah. that's it. So keep it simple. Um, that's you know something we've been doing here now for uh, for a long time, and you're welcome to join us. You're welcome to bring up anything that you want. Coming up, uh, we do have the story about rape culture, Mark, that you've been wanting to discuss mm-hmm. about Mike Pence, who is the vice president. We'll get into that on the way. First, we've got Ralph in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, now, Ralph. Okay, hello. Good evening to you, indeed. Now, I don't need to explain to you what happened over the Easter holiday weekend over there in Cleveland, right? Because this uh, You're talking wild... about the psychopath who shot an old man? <laughs> right. Yeah. Wild, savage, uh, you know, and uh, I would also describe this uh, person uh, avoiding using the A word because animals have conduct, as we obviously know that, okay? Um, wild, savage, of human individual. You know, in the wake of what happened there, I need to ask a question here, mm-hmm. right now and here. Okay, when does black lives have value? All when lives do, have value. value? Window, but in this particular case, where, where does the black lives matter on this case? And when do they put value on black lives? So are you saying the organization Black Lives Matter? Is that what you're saying? That's that's right. Okay. I'm sure they would condemn this, um, would be my guess. 
I mean, I haven't asked them, but uh, I'm sure that Black Lives Matter would condemn this uh, this. That would this be a murder. nice thing, Mark. That would be a very nice thing. I but, mean, you know, the, Ralph, they don't mind not what the white... We don't need to contact them. somebody to ask them if this is a bad thing. Of course people who are sane are going to say this is a bad thing. Right, and, and do you, just because you, know, you don't I, hear it doesn't mean they haven't said it. And you know, when I'm taking on the black and the disinfunction of the black, it's because it's obvious even to you, white guilty, that they're their own worst enemy. I can't even understand what you Come just on. said. The Black Lives Matter is their own worst enemy. Oh, okay. Hey, thanks no, for the call, black, Ralph. Appreciate it. Oh, blacks generally are their own worst enemy. Okay. Um, I think that more. I think that more young black men are killed by young black men than uh, anybody else. So, I mean, I think he's probably basing his, his claim on that. Um, there is a... There seem to be a lot of ramifications from... Uh, identity politics that the has guy gone who on. went into the movie theater was a white guy. Remember the shooting at the Colorado movie theater? I mean, there's all kinds of killers. There was out the there. white guy that went into the the church and killed the black yeah. people. I mean, there's all kinds of psychopaths out there. There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Hour three on the way. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist, libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free here. Join us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got Skype. Skype username is lrn.fm. As we launch into the third hour of the program with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Uh, Still to come here, Mark, you want to talk about rape culture. We did get a call at the very end of the last hour hour about the psycho killer that uh, we talked briefly about last night. Uh, Stephen, what was it? Stephen Stevens, I think it is. Steve Stevens. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S is his last name. This guy is apparently still on the loose. Just an FYI. He uh, murdered... Maybe in Cleveland. Cleveland. May not at this point, right? Yeah. He murdered a man, uh, an elderly gentleman, a man with 14 grandchildren. A 74-year-old man just on the side of the road. Just picked him. Just randomly chose him. Made him say his ex-girlfriend's name and then killed him? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The video's just... Really, you know, it's pretty graphic. It literally points a gun straight at the man and, and pulls the trigger point, near point blank uh, range. And then you see his body on the, the pavement and, and blood uh, streaming away from it. As, uh, and it's really only about a minute long, the, the whole video. He's in the car at the be- in the beginning of the video. And, uh, and then there's a dead body less, less than a minute later. He is, uh, again, still on the loose. We don't know where this character is. The police are admitting that uh, they have not been able to find him. They are uh, continuing to look. They did apparently talk to him. 
at one point on a cell phone. So they have had what they call direct contact with him. They tried to convince him to turn himself in. Obviously, he has not done that. So uh, the man, uh, you can you know Google him, look at his uh, look at his face. They believe that he may be driving a like uh, looks like a white Ford. So let's see, this is a white Ford Fusion, late model white Ford Fusion, hmm. and uh, who knows where he is. So that's the update there. You can share your thoughts and bring up what you want. We go to China with Ian on the line. Hello, Ian. Hey, uh, I was going to talk about this this Facebook killer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Only in America? I don't know what to say. Uh, I've lived here for so long, and we don't have anything like Facebook in China. So I'm Are you sure? How somebody... I know. I live here. No Facebook. Yeah, but that doesn't no mean Twitter. you're you're you know you're connected with the the youth, right? Like you know that you may not know what no. the kids are doing. Well, well, actually, I am because I I deal with these kids all the time. Oh, really? I, I lecture at night. I work with kids from about twelve to twenty, and their only connection is something called WeChat. Okay. And WeChat is heavily monitored by censors. Hmm. They'll they'll cut in the middle of your conversation and say, "You really shouldn't talk about that." Okay. Wow, that's creepy. They'll jo- you you could send a picture of you and your girlfriend having a great time, and all of a sudden you get a phone call, and the voice says, "I hope that's not alcohol you're drinking because I know you're 15. I know where you go to school." What's what are the that- age of consent in uh, in China? You're going to love that. It depends upon your economic status, your political connection, and your race. That is frightening. <laughs> what about uh, what about China is ninety percent Han tribe, right? The Han Ren. Yep. Basically, they're the supreme, the supreme end all be all in the evolutionary race. And for them, it's a lot looser. Than if you are any one of the other indigenous tribes. How can people tell? Oh, they look so different. Uh, Do they? When you're here, they're darker. Maybe their eyes are rounder. And in China, the whiter you are, I mean, I'm a very Anglo-Saxon American guy. And the girls are always just touching my skin. So white. Eyes so blue. Popular with the ladies, huh? Hey, by the by the way, you're kind of blowing out your microphone there, just to give you a little bit of of a a sound check. Um, But uh, what about Weibo dot com? I mean, this uh, according to Wikipedia, (laughs) Sina Weibo is a Chinese microblogging website akin to a hybrid of Twitter and Facebook. It's one of the most popular sites (laughs) in China, in use by well over thirty percent of internet users. Why are you laughing? Yeah, it's because Weibo in China is a standing joke. this, all the kids talk about Weibo. They say Weibo Go. Uh, the censors don't ad- confront you online. They just cut your conversation off, turn off your internet, and visit you in school. They'll come to your classroom. Well, what does that have to do with Weibo? I don't get it. Things you say, things you do, mm-hmm. how you communicate. The Weibo people, the company Weibo, is run by the Public Security Bureau. Well, okay, it's but, not a private company. 
look, I, I get you, man. China is full of government uh, oversight, but the, does that negate the fact that this is being called essentially a social media site? I mean, you know, that you, just because the government's involved doesn't mean it's not their equivalent of Facebook. It's it's possible to socially chit chat, but I, I'm serious. If you get any more controversial than what's for breakfast, they, they shut you down. All right. Thank you for the call, Ian. I appreciate hearing from you. I mean, I, I believe you about that. Um, and you know, he, Facebook, he should. He's there. Facebook will also work with the police. Right now, they may not be doing as active of a monitoring as is happening over in China, but isn't the difference just in degrees? It's in degrees, but yeah. it's a lot of degrees. Sure. So the toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. Mark, you wanted to talk about rape culture, specifically in relation to the vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. Yeah, I've... Um, so I got this article previously. We didn't ever quite got to it. And then another article came out today that really kind of made my blood boil again. Hmm. So there was the story that went around not too long ago that Mike Pence, uh, you know, at some point in the past, I don't know why it particularly came out, but at some point in the past, he claimed, uh, let's see, Washington Post profile of Karen Pence, the vice president's wife, contains a juicy little nugget dug up from a previous 20, 2002 profile. Mike Pence never eats alone with a woman other than his wife, and that he won't attend events featuring alcohol without her by his side either. So these are his two little rules. Okay. A, I don't have a meal with another woman without a chaperone. Are they his rules or are they her rules? Well, I would say that Mike's been caught at one point would be my guess, but that's just me uh, speculating. Know, speculating. Okay. Um, they're caught you know, cheating, you mean? That would be my guess. Okay. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's just something that they've uh, decided in their relationship is best. Um, and this author here from um, National Post, the author's name is Ashley Sknady. Sknady? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she claims that it's easy to mock. It's also rape culture at work. So not only and it just having seems his like wife with him is rape culture, not, ha- you know, refusing to dine with a woman. OK. And refusing to go to, uh, you know, events where alcohol is served without his wife by his side is rape culture. What is rape culture? I wish I knew. OK. Um, finding a good definition. You can feel yeah, free to I'll go scour the Internet for uh, you'll be so befuddled by the time you're done. Um, the best explanation I've heard was from Stephanie Murphy, our former talk show ho- host here on Free Talk Live, is is that we can see that there are such things as rape culture. The claim is is that one in three women who enter the military will be sexually assaulted, right? Sounds close to what Do, we've heard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one would presume then that there's some kind of rape culture going on in the military. That sounds fair. Uh, she also used prison, which is, uh, you know, apparently a lot of uh, people get raped going through prison. I've heard the statistics. I don't believe them. You Having, were in prison for nine I years. I was in prison for nine years. I didn't see very, didn't see or hear of very many rapes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whatever. And I was in what was, um, you know, as far as events, the most violent prison in the state of Florida. Not, you know, a whole bunch of people dying, but there were a lot of fights and that sort yeah. of thing. So um, what can I tell you? So I don't fights, yes, not so much rapes. Yeah, not gotcha. really. And these are young men. One would presume that they were uh, sexually motivated. It was a mm. youthful offender prison. Anyway, um, 
in, in this article, she goes on to talk about how it's rape culture. And that's what yeah, I want to get to. You know, exactly why is it that he's made this agreement with his wife and how he lives his life is rape culture. And how does it affect you, Ashley? Uh, yeah, I want to know more about this. Uh, the toll-free number is 855-453. And maybe you can define rape culture. Uh, I've got I've got something I pulled up here, but what do you think about it? 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Yeah! It's Free Talk Live, and it's the live Monday show. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything that you want. As always, uh, we have been talking a lot about the CIA tonight cracking down on freedom of speech, freedom of the press. But right now, we've got rape culture on deck uh, for discussion. What is it? Well, there's a claim here that Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States government, is somehow a rape culture person because he his um, that his uh, self-imposed prohibition against dining alone with women. And this is important because people don't seem to, during all this uh, talk about it, they don't seem to understand that this is just talking about having a meal with a person, a woman who is not his wife. Okay, he, that's his one prohibition. Yeah. His second prohibition is he doesn't go anywhere where alcohol is served without his wife by his side. Okay, so according to the Google, uh, rape cultures, noun, a society or environment whose prevailing social attitudes have the effect of normalizing or trivializing sexual assault and abuse. So I'm not sure how it is that him not wanting to have dinner with, an, with a woman by herself is in any way trivializing rape or normalizing sexual assault. I mean, look, I'm not a fan of the Republican you know, Party or the Democratic Party, or, you know, Mike Pence, Trump. I don't support any of these guys, but I don't understand the argument. I guess the article will make her, her argument here more Ashley, clear, hopefully. Sandy will let you know. And the fact that you don't know, that's rape culture too, pal. So at its core, Pence's self-imposed ban is rape culture. I'm skipping a little bit here where she talks about the uh, the history of, you know, people choosing not to do this, it being the Billy Graham rule and that sort of thing. Um, but whatever. And also how women were talked about being, you know, at one point in history being the, the wanton ones as opposed to men. Whatever. I don't care about any of that crap. Um, she says at its core, Pence... Pence's self-imposed ban is rape culture. This is a positive statement. She's not asking a question. She's not allowing you to draw a conclusion. She makes a positive statement. Now, that is not a label that I assign lightly. Rape culture is a phrase so overused it's become almost meaningless. Okay. Agreed, Ashley. Like calling someone a Nazi on the internet. Yeah, sure. But it is very clearly, um, it has a very clear meaning. The notion whether conscious or unconscious, that men can't control themselves around women because boys will be boys. But well, now, wait a minute. Now, isn't she jumping to that conclusion? Absolutely. This is a wild jump in conclusion. Because maybe, to, to me, when I hear these rules that you're talking about, what it says to me is this guy's worried about his appearance. He's worried that somebody else is going to see him out with some woman. He's a politician. And these politicians live and die based on how honest their sexual relationships are, right? Sure. Like they get caught in some sort of uh, dirty situation with somebody who's not their wife and it looks bad. They have to resign from those uh, pos- positions as a result. Absolutely. It's, I think, you know, his. This I seems think like his, a cover your ass move. I think his move is wise. 
frankly. First off, I'll say it is wise to have these rules that he has. Um, for one, you know, the 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 idea he's for one he's protecting whomever he has lunch with mm-hmm. right so you know imagine the weekly world news or some other disreputable uh news agency comes up snaps a picture of mike pence having uh, lunch with this other woman and then proceeds to write some completely baseless story about how they're having an affair do you think that might happen after having read a newspaper tab- tabloid yeah. uh, standing at the line okay all right so is he protecting not only himself but with whom right. whoever he's dining with if there's a third person there and that's all this rule is about is a third person it doesn't say so it doesn't have to be his wife it can be anybody else anybody okay. he won't dine alone i see with another with a woman so that means that he would dine alone with two single women or mm-hmm. whatever he would dine alone with a man and a woman or dine with a man and a woman um yep. so i mean you know it's just ridiculous that somehow women are you know being uh, their opportunities for the seats of power are being taken away because dyke pence won't have lunch with them um okay that's stupid in and of itself yeah. secondly he could be accused of saying anything at this table even if they can't get a picture of him in the uh in a hotel room with his uh, pants down around his ankles they can you know some somebody can make w- some wild assertion about what he said at lunch i was sitting in the next table over and yeah. he said well or she could say it right yeah. like he said that he wanted to put his whatever in my you know whatever it was that he said okay i don't want to deal with that particular mm-hmm. complaint so he just nixes all that this is a wise political move sure. and it has nothing to do with ashley uh, cassandy or any other woman in america the suggestion it just it just hey you know sometimes a news story isn't about you and your cause <laughs> And so that's the one problem. And then there's this other news story. So I've made my case on that one. Now, I would say that choosing not to go to a, an event without your wife there, um, as far as alcohol goes, that's just basically saying, hey, look, I don't trust myself after a couple of drinks, so I'd like to have somebody there to help me control what I'm doing or mm. saying at any given time. I don't think it's a terrible idea to have, uh, you know, to, to have people, you know, looking out for you and vice versa. Maybe, sure. you know. So whatever, that doesn't bother me. Now there's an article that comes from uh, someecards.com that lauds this Lyft driver. Lyft driver goes viral explaining the powerful reason he won't drive drunk women home. So this is Tro Huan Henderson, a 28-year-old Lyft driver in Texas who's also a ninja fighting rape culture on Twitter. So remember, he's a good guy because he's said positive things about rape culture on Twitter, right? Basically the coolest Lyft driver Ever. Yesterday, during a shift in Dallas, Henderson refused to pick up a woman because she was intoxicated slash unconscious and traveling alone. He explains in a video now going viral on Twitter. He asked her two friends if they would travel with her, even offering them cheaper rides. But when they declined, he canceled the ride. And not because he was worried about getting puke in his car, although let's be real, that would have happened. In the video, Henderson explains why he doesn't transport drunk women. Hint, it's for their safety. Even though I won't rape or sexually assault this lady as a friend, that puts your friend in the possibility of great danger, he says in the video. So, by, and then big claps, and they're all very happy. Yay, yay, yay. You know, he agrees with us. Men are dangerous, right? So rape culture exists. So wait, he's saying he won't give them a ride, won't give the like woman a drunk a ride. girl a ride, because... He won't do anything, but but something like that could happen. It's irresponsible. 
it's irresponsible to, to put the drunk girl in the car. He's saying the friends are at fault yes. for putting the drunk girl and uh, you know, presuming that she's going to get home safely yes. and not get raped. Yeah. His, it says here, it's, his message is an important one that we don't hear enough. So, you know, the idea of putting a, an unconscious woman in a lift car is bad because she's liable to get raped. Not because he's suggesting by another driver. Yeah, I guess. I mean, or him. Not I him. don't know. I mean, well, he, he just said he, he wouldn't do it. Right. But then why won't he take her home? If he's not going he's trying to, to do teach it, them a lesson. OK, why not teach them a lesson and take her home? That's 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 what just doesn't make any sense here. Mm. So I understand completely and I would refuse to give a ride to an unconscious woman. I'm not taking your unconscious friend home, A, because she's going to puke in my car and B, because I don't want to have to deal with any uh, ramifications in, in this situation. I don't want to yeah, deal with the accusation then, right? of rape. I mean- yeah, well, there's that. But also, when you get her back to the house, then you're the one who's got to walk her in. Right, I you're going to take her into her house? Is that what I've got to do? There's more coming up here in moments here. 855-450-FREE. You can comment on the rape culture. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. You can dial in and talk about rape culture. What is it? Uh, and is the you know this guy who refused a ride to a drunken girl and her friends who wanted to pawn off their friend, their drunken friend, on this Lyft driver? Um, you know, was was he doing the wrong thing? I think he did the right thing in this particular case. I'm going to play the audio from the video that he made that many are lauding. Uh, as the uh, the right decision now for different reasons as far as right. why they're lauding it well but the point is is that i'm trying to make here is i'm trying to juxtapose mike pence a republican politician whom the feminists likely just guessing dislike right sure and they're calling his refusal to dine alone with a woman who is not his wife rape, rape culture. culture now that i'm not saying they are a, a, a self of a professed feminist is claiming it is ra- proof of rape culture and she doesn't believe that the term rape culture should be tossed around lightly uh, but you know proof enough this guy essentially does the same thing refuses to provide service to a woman alone and it's proof that rape culture doesn't ex- exist or something he's he's lauded as a uh, as a warrior for against rape, rape culture when he did the same thing as Pence did it just yeah, did I see it for what you're different saying. reasons. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. The people who are who are looking at these cases are hypocrites, and they right. you know they see Pence as being a bad guy, and so everything he does is bad. Well, pretty much, I I disagree with the notion of rape culture, at least in in the America that I live in. I agree, I will understand that we all live in different ones, and I do know that there's some some instances out there where you know high school athletes have uh, likely raped a, a young lady and then uh, got 
some level of deference from the school because they wanted to make sure that they're convicted before any punishment was meted out or whatever. And I can see the points that people make on that. Mm-hmm. But to, to say that you know one of the crimes that you will likely be treated the worst over, rape, right? Like just the accusation of rape is so bad in the United States that, frankly, you b- barely get a trial any longer. It's like freedom of uh, you, you no longer are people presume your innocence when you've been uh, you know, accused of this. I'm not saying rapes don't occur. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that mostly most of the people that I know don't say it's okay. In fact, they say just the opposite. Yeah, I don't now, know anyone who would say rape is okay. I would say that we have a violence culture in the United States, and rape is a form of violence. Sure. But the victims of violence tend to be, by and large, men. Now, also the perpetrators of that violence tend to be men. But I just think that this rape culture uh, you know, accusation tends to be more of this men are bad, women are victims conversation we hear all the time. So uh, you're you're not necessarily indicting this taxi or the uh, the Lyft driver. You're saying for choosing it's... not to take uh, the no, I wouldn't take the uh, the woman, uh, okay. the inebriated woman. Uh, unconscious yeah, because I think he made the right choice here. Let Agreed. me play his. Let me play his audio. This is what. Yo, so today I had a lady. Uh, well, two women brought their friend out to the car. Their friend is highly intoxicated. She's out of it, drunk. Just she couldn't even walk by herself. So they ordered a lift, and they said, "Hey, here's her key and her apartment number. Could you make sure that she gets home safely?" Now, I mean, that's a that is a pretty dangerous thing to do, right? Like you are giving a stranger this girl's key to her apartment. Now, yeah. odds are good, most of these people are on the up and up. Most of the, you know, they've had criminal background check done. Uh, odds are good. I don't think that's meaningful. Um, but no, but, but, you know, the odds are good everything would work out. But there is the chance that you've just given a key to this girl's house to a psychopath, right? You know, who knows? Sometimes well, okay. there's, there's hundreds of you thousands hand of Uber and Lyft drivers. You don't hand out keys to anybody because right. um, they, you know, might steal from you. The Uber and Lyft drivers have more accountability because we know who they are at the very that's least. True. If she gets robbed in the next week, Somebody might suggest, oh, maybe it was the Lyft driver we gave the key to. Went and made a copy of the key. Went and made a copy or whatever. She's drunk. You leave her in the back of the car. It's completely irresponsible what these women did, um, and I wouldn't call them friends. Exactly. That's, I think, the what he was trying to do here, as he'll explain, was, you know, teach them that particular lesson. Like, hey, something bad could happen to your friend. What you're doing here is not a smart thing. But I'm told... That we're not supposed to teach women how to properly conduct themselves in order to not get rape. We're supposed to teach young men not to rape. So in this world where we have taught young men not to rape, what's the problem with putting a blacked out drunk woman in the back of a car alone with a Lyft driver? Yeah, well, again, the problem is with these uh, with these girls that were her so-called friends. And in fact, this uh, driver does suggest arming up with weapons uh, here in a moment. Um, while I do believe they had great intent, um, I did deny the request once I found out what it was because my thing is, one, I think that's, um, even though I won't rape or sexually assault this lady, um, I do think that as a friend, that's putting your friend in, in the possibility of great danger. Uh, two, I also had to protect myself because it's like, I don't know, yeah. this lady may wake up and she's had a traumatic experience. Right. He has to protect himself. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. Yes, they're acting irresponsibly, but he has to protect himself because right. 
the rape it's it's the the culture of rape culture has gotten so pervasive that because he's um you know a, a man alone with a woman who cries rape he's going to immediately be presumed be the as suspect. guilty that's the reason, and it's a really valid reason. And uh, you know, let's let's throw a little color in here. Um, there's this whole thing about uh, black men being crazy about white women. I don't know what color the know. lady yeah. was. I don't know, but you know, that would make the exacerbate the situation for this poor guy. And this could trigger her, you know. And so I did deny the ride, and I ended up saying, "Hey, if y'all want to ride with her, I would definitely take y'all out, and I'll even, you know, cut the fee." For heading back, you know, if, if the money is a problem, you know, um, they didn't want to do that. So I said, well, I can call another lift and maybe y'all can do it with them or they can do something. But I don't feel safe with this. Or I can call the local authorities if y'all just like anti all that you dig. So I guess I was like wanting to be mindful. Um, one, I think we should live in a world to where men can hold themselves accountable and not touch women, not sexually harass women, not rape women, not follow women, not street harass women, uh, not do any of these things. However, we don't live in that perfect right. world. We don't live in that world. Now, it's not because of me. It's not because of anything I've done, mm-hmm. but we don't live in that world. Right. And that might be the reason that Mike Pence chooses not to dine with women. Just because he wouldn't do one of these actions doesn't mean he wouldn't be accused of it. And then, exactly. likely, these same people who have accused him of being a bad person for not dining uh, with a, with a, alone with a woman up. would then say, oh, of course he did it. You can't win. So women, when you are out, um, and even brothers, brothers too, you know, us too, please take these safety precautions to protect your friends. If if they're highly intoxicated and you know that they are unconscious, say, bro, just take the ride with them or something yeah. like that. Uh, uh, if, if, if y'all out at a bar, walk them to their car, you know, make sure that you ain't leaving nobody behind. Right. Uh, be a designated driver. Get weapons. Do any of those things. But, man, please do not allow your friends or you to expose them to situations in which they can be sexually harassed and raped. And I do apologize if that sounds victim blaming. That is not my intent. Maybe it's a, a poor word choice. But I realize that we don't live in this perfect world to where rape and sexual assault is not a thing and a lot of times even when it's a thing these people are not even held accountable um they're told well she must have been wearing something so that's why it happened that's where the video cuts off at uh, two minutes 20 seconds in so maybe there's a longer version of it there but i think that you know for the most part this guy's pretty spot on on his rationale for refusing that ride i think he was uh, fully within his rights uh to do that and he was he was generous to them as well. Like, hey, look, I'll give you a ride back. Uh, I'll cut the rate. He was trying his best to help those uh, those right. girls, and they didn't want it. They just wanted to dump their friend off in the back of this lift and uh, have the lift driver take care of it all. Right. And I don't blame. And I'm not into victim blaming, but you got to take responsibility for your actions at the same time. You know, these friends were putting her into a situation that was you know, really ill-advised. Oh yeah. And, you know, that's what he was trying to let them know. Yeah, that's I I don't know, man. It's just nuts. And this I just find this whole term rape culture to be confusing and, um, you know, often misapplied. Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, but I'm sure people would claim that it's all over the place. I I just don't see it. Toll free number here, 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. You can take control here and bring up what you want on Free Talk Live. Free 
Talk Live. Dial in toll-free here. Bring up anything you want. Our number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Skype username is lrn.fm. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. We've got an AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is it's five bucks a month that you can contribute to Free Talk Live. Because remember, we give you everything on the website for free. Those other talk show hosts in the business, the syndicated radio business, they charge you for their websites. You want to get access to archives, webcam, that stuff? you got to pay on those other shows. On Free Talk Live, we give all that stuff away for free. You can download a decade's worth of shows for free. You can watch us on the webcam later or live. You can interact in a variety of different ways. There's a bunch of cool stuff you can do over at freetalklive.com, all for free. Now, if you like what we're doing... If you like the ideas of liberty, if you like the fact that we're talking about them seven nights a week live here on Free Talk Live on over 160 radio stations coast to coast throughout the week, then please get behind the show for five bucks a month with the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and it's a way for you to help Free Talk Live propagate this show so we can get on new radio stations around the country. Uh, should be having, I think, a couple new stations to announce very soon. Very excited, of course, that uh, we got a few new ones in the hopper. Uh, and that's because we're able to reach out to new stations. We're able to touch base with the program directors, introduce them to Free Talk Live, show up at the industry conventions. There aren't many of them anymore, but uh, we still go to the one that's left, Talkers, which is going to be happening in June. So we'll you know schmooze it up with the big wigs in the business as we've been doing for... Gosh, Mark, uh, more than a decade now. We've been going really? To, to talkers. Have we? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, so, yeah, we do what we need to, what we, we can with the very little bit of uh, money that uh, that we have. The AMP program's currently pulling in under $3,000 a month. That's not a whole lot of money for a national uh, radio show to run its marketing and you know, budget on. I mean, we could we could blow all of that on advertising if uh, if we wanted to, but we do it a we. We allocate the funds in different ways. You can see some of the ways the money's spent if you go and you look at the AMP page at amp.freetalklive.com. You can contribute $5 a month with PayPal, credit card, and Bitcoin. So it's up to you how you join the program. Just go to amp, A-M-P, amp.freetalklive.com. Story from uh, Time Magazine related to what you were talking about, Mark, with rape culture. And, of course, I find myself wondering, what is rape culture because you know if it's the idea that rape is somehow normalized or acceptable uh amongst culture i don't see that not not my culture no not in that doesn't happen in the world that i live in but zerlina maxwell from a 2014 time opinion column at time.com uh she has a few things to say about it she breaks down uh, uh well she breaks down a list of what she considers to be rape culture uh, but first she says, quote, you were drinking. What did you expect? Unquote. Those were the first words that I heard when I went to someone I trusted for support after my roommate's boyfriend raped me eight years ago. When I came forward to report what happened instead of support, many well-meaning people close to me asked me questions about what I was wearing. If I had done something to cause the assault or if I had been drinking. These questions about my choices the night of my assault, as opposed to the choices made by my rapist, were in some ways as painful as the violent act itself. I had stumbled upon rape culture, a culture in which sexual violence is the norm and victims are blamed for their own assaults. Well, okay. So it's not that I would blame a victim, but I want to ask you a question about, say, um, you know, a theft. Let's say I had a bag 
with a uh, million dollars in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, one of these bank bags. The money's just flowing over. I've got a convertible car. I like to keep the top down. I put the ba- I'm so happy about the bag. I put the bag in the front seat. I put a little seat belt around it to hold it in. And I stop off at a local um, store, run in for, you know, a few minutes, 15, 20 minutes to get something done. And when I come back, the bag of money is gone. Would you presume that, uh, would you be horrified by what occurred to me? Or would you think I was an idiot for not taking more security, by having more security around my bag of a million dollars? What does that have to do with rape? Well, it, it what it what it shows is is that you can take more and less uh, security around something that's valuable. In this case, one would presume not being raped valuable, right? Um, going to many of these stories you hear are blackout drunk women um, at, at parties where they don't know anybody, and those things are bad, right? Sure. I mean, that's a poor Putting choice. yourself in a bad situation. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm not trying to blame them. In the same way, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, that theft is, is appropriate, but at some point or another, you've made enough series of bad decisions that something's likely bad going to happen. Does that make sense? That's not vic- I mean, It's not my intention to blame a victim. It's my intention to show that bad decisions tend to have bad results. Yeah, but it's not always a... Um, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, if you have the ability to control your alcohol input, then you should do that. But what if you get poisoned or, yeah. you know, uh, what if somebody right. puts something the in, roofie, a, in a drink? Right. So taking yeah. so the suggestion is having any drink at all out at a party is inappropriate. And I I can see um, the the argument that some adult would make there is that you shouldn't go to these parties at all. But, you know, people are going to do want to go to parties. That's that's true. Uh, so she goes on and uh, talks about one in five American women surviving rape or an attempted rape uh, considered a cultural norm. She says, is that a considered a cultural norm? Is one in six men being abused before the age of 18 a cultural norm? These statistics are not just shocking. They represent real people. Yet these millions of survivors and allies don't raise their collective voices to educate America about our culture of rape because of fear. Rape culture is real and serious and we need to talk about it. She says, simply put, feminists want equality for everyone, and that begins with physical safety. She responds to uh, somebody well, else's piece. Okay, so, um, you know, <laughs> there have been a lot of guys who've been robbed and, um, be, you know, beaten up and those sorts of things after drinking. And if feminists were worried about, um, you know, this is, I don't, don't believe that feminists are worried about equality um, as far as safety goes. Mm. Men are the victim of violent crimes 80% of the time is the numbers that I've seen. Even if it's 70%, it's still a majority of the time. So are we saying that rape is a worse crime than, say, murder, aggravated assault? A whole variety of things. They often it's cl- definitely a terrible crime. It's one of the no the doubt. Worst. But they often clump the uh, you know like rapes a continuum. There's some terrible versions of rape, and there's some that are not nearly as violent. They're all clumped in together, and you get the idea that it's all done with a gun to their head and you know screaming and all this other stuff. I just think that if um, you know if feminists really cared about violence in America, they would address violence as opposed to rape. I think that rape, since it's generally done by men, and the presumption is it's done to women, is really just code word for men are bad, 
Women are good. Well, there are men who rape men, and probably some women who who rape. Uh, sure, there are men who rape men. men, but they tend to do it less often. They they say that it's done all the time in prison. I tend not to believe that, but certainly it's done to young males. So but you the say difference, men that rape Mark, males. is uh, is that regardless of the amount of violence involved in the rape. Uh, and obviously, you know, there is a difference between having a gun put to your head, being beaten and raped versus, you know, somebody who is in a, a drunken uh, st- you know, one night stand with somebody else who goes further than they were given permission to go. Obviously, there is a difference. Somebody passed in the amount- out and then they yeah. just finished up or something. There's right? a difference in the amount of violence there. But that doesn't you know, the difference uh, between rape and any other violence is that this one is particularly invasive. Right. Wherein you are having. Your Why own- is that? You are having your own Why body invaded more... by somebody else. You don't think aggravated assault if somebody stabs you with a knife is more invasive? Okay, that's pretty invasive. Okay, yeah, so men invasive. are probably are the victims of more stabbings than women. Mm-hmm. So why aren't we worried about that? I think the reason is is twofold. I, I, I you know told you the one that um, you know men are bad, women are the victims. The other one is is that the vagina is held up by both conservatives and liberals as the most important part of a body. You said it was invasive. And, you know, I mean, it's just more skin, isn't it? Um, it's skin. Society yeah, it's puts a huge. Sensitive. Okay. Skin sensitive. That's yeah. what nerves are for. Uh, society puts a huge emphasis on it. But why? The patriarchy, right? I mean, we've been told for so long that it's important. This is where feminists fall into the trap of the patriarchy from the first place. They should be saying that this part of the body, this part of the body, is just a part of the body. It's not that important, but that wouldn't allow them to vilify men in the process. Hmm. Well, we didn't get to the list of what this author says is rape culture. So we'll have to do that maybe another time. Somebody can explain this to me, change my mind. I am fluid on this, but that's this is what I see. Okay. Uh, so we'll see you tomorrow night. If you didn't get in here, we just had somebody call in the last two seconds. So if you don't get on here tonight, that's okay. We'll be back tomorrow. You're welcome to open the show with whatever conversation you want. You can take control of the airwaves here, and uh, but you just can't do it now. So we'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at victimlesscrimespree.com.